Ready? Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a double beer crack. We're both cracking beers for this episode because it's the end of the season. There'll be no more football play until that matters, until September. And so we crack our beers to another season in the books. Uh, pretty exciting season. A lot of, lot of obstacles this year, Dan. But uh, we made it here. Yes. The, the double beer crack, the Scottish bagpipes of the football season. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we're going to start this episode, a recap of the finale, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to Not a particularly competitive game, especially in the second half. Um, what were your thoughts overall, Dan? We underestimated the the massive advantage that the the front four, especially for Tampa Bay, had over that offensive line for Kansas City without multiple starters, into, including the first round picks. You know, yeah. Eric that, Fisher, go ahead. I was going to say Eric Fisher being out definitely hurt. Yeah, Mahomes, there was that ridiculous stat that's been flying around where he ran like 492 yards or whatever before throwing the ball or I think getting tackled. I think it was both. Uh, and that's not something you want your quarterback doing to in order to, to complete any passes, which Mahomes came out of the game looking pretty fine kind of because of it. But that's not how an offense can conduct itself with any chance of winning. They didn't change anything, Chuck. They didn't. I mean, they, right? They talked. Yeah, I think I was watching some of the Bucks players talk about how they didn't really adjust. Or Andy, or it might have been someone the Chiefs. But yeah, like when they started that second, that first drive in the second half, and they were running it with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I was like, all right, this is what we're going to mm-hmm. see for this quarter. That's what I really thought they were running because even though they only got the field goal out of it, I was like, yeah, but they moved the ball, and if you, um. They, I mean, Clyde Edwards only had like 10 carries probably that whole game. Yeah, he averaged like six and a half. It was like, yeah, like nine or 10 for 70 or something like that. He he was gaining yardage, but I guess that's just not what Andrew Reid wanted to do at the time. This was It was a strange called game that we've seen from him. You know, it, yeah. it didn't look normal. There was no trickery almost at any point. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, if anyone is listening and thinks that Patrick Mahomes lost that Super Bowl, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know how to tell you that. Uh, well, Chuck, you just, you yeah, well, I did. Yeah, that. there job. you go. That's you figured hard, it out. You figured yeah, it out. That's the hard cold truth. Good job. Because he was doing everything he, that, I mean, listen, I get that a lot of people I see saying like, oh, it's only Patrick Mahomes. If someone else had made that, they wouldn't get the coverage. It's like, yeah, cause they weren't the Super Bowl MVP, but not any, no one else that I know that plays football could make that throw where he is like falling on his side and slings it like he's a shortstop and it goes 30 yards and hit, was it McCole Hardman or Tyree kill in the face? I think, I think it was Hill on that one or whatever, but the point you're making, which I love is, Oh, Oh, anybody else. If they made that throw, we wouldn't see him. No one else makes that throw. He's the only that makes the throw. That's the only time that that picture ever comes about is because Patrick Mahomes did it. 
Right. So there you go. Right. Like the no look passes, other quarterbacks have done it. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I get that. But yep. that throw right there, that's no. a unique skill that no I I've I I've never I'm I've never seen something like that. Yeah, the game changes if two or three passes are caught. I'm not yeah. saying they definitely win, you know, because Tampa Bay had their number for sure. Yeah. Uh but a couple couple catches would have really changed that game. Yeah. Dramatically. Yeah, but all what it could have shoulda. But well, of course. I yeah, I was surprised they didn't run the ball though in more in the second half because they seem to be effective at doing that. Even though Tampa Bay had the number one rush defense, you know, I feel yeah. like you need to make them. If they had just made them respect the run more, they could have gotten away with some of those deeper passes a little bit. Or they just they run the ball. The, I don't know why they didn't challenge the edges a little bit more. You know, it felt like they it was either we're dropping back and dropping back and we're passing and we're going. Or we're running with some scheme. They would run outside, and I'm not saying they don't run other ways, but they don't scheme to pressure the edge so they can't just put their ears back and come after Mahomes, you know? Well, they were pretty effective at tackling on the outside. They were getting the the problem. I don't, that wasn't my issue because, like, they did run a couple, like, screens, and those got swallowed up pretty fast. So I I just thought like Clyde Edwards Lair was running up the middle and then mm. just bouncing to the outside. So that was being effective. And especially if you're like, all right, their pass rush is just blowing by us, then run more draw plays, you know? Oh, I completely agree with all of that. I don't know. They they should have kept running in general. But I'm I'm just saying with the they didn't explore the offense we've seen the Chiefs do all year. You know, that, that puts everybody off guard with Tyree Hill in motion and doing crazy stuff. And you just didn't really see it that much. He just kind of ran routes. Yeah. Um, but either way, Tom Brady gets his seventh Super Bowl win. He's now seven and three in Super Bowls. Uh, first one with the Bucks, so he's now the second player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. Uh, quarterback, at least. Uh, yeah, say the quarterback, right? Quarterback to do it yeah. after Peyton Manning, who success, who was voted to the Hall of Fame this weekend or this past. Has more uh, Super Bowls, not Tom Brady, obviously, than any franchise in history. Yep, more than wonderful. The, yep. He won another MVP, so that's everything that you were that comes with that. That discussion. That's five, right? I think five, right? Um, I think so. I did. Dion Branch win one. Uh, he won who, one. Someone else won one. Malcolm Butler won one, I think. Malcolm Butler did win one, I believe. But I think uh, he for won the, the one rest, against right? the Seahawks, where he made yeah. the pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, either, I mean, either way, it, it's Brady, yay, for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate Tom Brady. I, yeah. I don't love him, but I respect the man. I guess Julian Edelman was the other one. That is right. He, okay, he won against the Rams because he had those ten catches and 141 yards. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, and they scored 13 points. So. That's yeah, how that goes. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, what was the the halftime show? You know, I didn't hate it. I didn't. You know, love I like the weekend, so that maybe I'm biased, but I mean, I like the weekend enough, especially the you know songs he's going to play. Um, for better, whether you loved it or hated it, the memes that came out of it on Twitter are just priceless. I yeah, mean, just absolutely priceless. Yes. Have you seen? I saw a video when he's running around in the mirrors and he's got that, you know, it's that like look or whatever. Yep. Someone took that video and put it to the audio from the dark night of the Joker holding the guy hostage. Oh no. You see, this is what Batman does to Gotham. He's made <laughs> Gotham crazy. Like I, 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 I lost it. That was hilarious. That is, that makes sense. I love that a lot. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. So, the, you know, the, the video, of course. But. Yes. Um, uh, can't. So obviously that was, that was great. Um, and I, I also saw a lot of the, uh, the us like his dancers at the end being the tethered from the movie. Oh, of course, which was great. Yeah, yeah, that was the real purpose. They've been waiting for this night to come out, and this is where we go. You know, the thing about concerts is they're great when you're standing there in a crowd with a bunch of people. Watching a concert on television is just not entertaining. It's just not that entertaining. It takes a lot for it to be entertaining. It's a hard thing. There have not been a lot of great halftime shows. To me, the best halftime shows, Beyonce. Good. Um, My favorite has got to be Prince, personally. Prince was really good. Um, No, who was... Justin Timberlake put on a pretty good one. Which one? The The... Exclusive or with the the partner that exposed herself that, that Justin Timberlake exposed. I mean, my boss. The second, the more recent one. So the exclusive one. He um, was pretty good. He was pretty good. LMFAO did one where they had like a guest like on every single song, didn't they? They had Dude, like. Was that who was technically the host of that one? Because it was one. Yeah, yeah. I, because they only had the one. Like, they had uh, party rocking. Yeah, that was like yeah. they had one other song, but that was like those were their two songs that they did, and then they had like Mary J. Blige uh, showed yes. up. Like, yeah, Bruno Mars put on a hell of a show too. Uh, Bruno Mars is one of my, I... although the one I was Katy Perry with the with the old sharks and people I dancing mean, around was just... left. Left Shark is a legend forever. So, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? I think she, I think she deserves a spot. In Honestly, the, uh, also Lady Gaga for the for the Falcons mm-hmm. collapse. That show was pretty great. That opening where she's like standing on the roof and then like fell down. I was like, what? No, she was great. And Lady Gaga's got some bangers, man. She's got a couple. You know, she gets repetitive, but she's got some bangers. But I've eliminated that entire like the end of the first half. Gone and, from my after that. Gone. And Shakira, brain. Jennifer Lopez. Can't forget what they did last year. I don't forget ever. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so all, if you're just stacking him on recent history, he'll probably be, you know, average. Me- yeah, mediocre to average. Although I enjoyed it more than other ones for sure. Yeah, but I, it's just my opinion in general. Watching a live concert's just not that entertaining. 
no, it's, it's not much better. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's really hard to make a concert look good on TV. So because like I love Coldplay, but Coldplay at the fiftieth, the one with the Bron, when the Peyton Manning one with the Broncos, that was not a good show. That's just yeah. not. That was not entertaining. So yeah. You would almost think Coldplay would be good for stadium like that, but yeah, yeah, apparently not. No, it's not dynamic. To be good on TV, you got to be moving around, and Coldplay is oh, well, a no. band. I mean, for TV, correct. It's That's, it's absolutely. very hard for a band. You know, when you've got all four, like a drummer can't really move around, unless you're gonna do. Uh, oh, who, who am I thinking of? Uh, the. Uh, but anyways, um, it's it's yeah. hard. I just think it's hard for a four-piece band to perform a halftime show well. You know what I mean? Because they're just going to be so stuck to the stage. Yeah, they, they do what they do, and they rock out. And that's yeah, the, you need a good director. If, if, if someone moving the camera all over the place to make that work, kind of like the the prince, because I mean, prince is the main focus. But he, I mean, he has band members to play his music. The drum. <laughs> The drummer I was thinking of, Motley Crue, where oh, Tommy okay. Gunn does the thing. I don't know if you've – I went to a concert, and they lifted him up into a cage, mm-hmm. and they lifted him up straight up, and they rotate the cage. So this man was drumming, like, upside down and twirling in a, like, steel ball, like, twisting in all yes. sorts of ways. Like, I was watching it like, oh, my God, this is crazy, like – and doing just a crazy drum solo for like five, like that's that'd be entertaining to see on TV. Oh, that'd be but. yeah, that'd be awesome. That's like the Homer Simpson riding the motorcycle around in the Simpsons movie. Yeah, but I um, did see something like that to a much lesser degree from much lesser drummer from I don't a band I don't even remember where they raised them up and moved them back and forth, and I was like ah insane, but not spinning in a you know a steel ball of death. That's yeah, that's impressive. I, I don't know who's gonna be it next year, but. A band I would love to see, it, who I saw in concert, uh, Panic at the Disco. So right oh. now it's just Brendan Urie, but that concert would be amazing. I saw them and him in Charlottesville. It would be, and they've got a lot of bangers. They've done football I promos. Really, before. really enjoy Panic at the Disco. I that, love their their old stuff and their newer stuff and their popular stuff and their they're very good. I would love to see them at, at this. That's my nomination. But yeah, you nailed that one, Chuck. Um, and the commercials, same thing. Nothing really stood out to me during the game. Oh, I got one. I got one big one. What's that? It's a T-Mobile. It's a Tom Brady Gronk commercial. Oh, that it didn't actually air during the game, though, right? Oh, I thought it, it aired at like the very end of the game. Or it might have like just ended or was about to end. I remember in that and thing it was hilarious. It might have been there in the post game or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um Yeah, I didn't see that until after, so I didn't count that. But as far as during this year bowl, I don't think any of the commercials were that amazing. No, I don't have and that's the only one that like immediately sparked my brain right now thinking about it. I can't think of a single other one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they debuted the 30-second version of the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, which, oh. if you watch the full trailer, pretty cool. 
mm-hmm. get a nice and we'll be talking about that on our other podcast at some point when it comes out but yeah um yeah i think uh but as far as the game goes you know tom brady y'all know what that is so feel how yeah, he's up he's upsetting he's like what else the hell do we have to say about tom brady right it's all been said yeah right all right well moving on to what is now the postseason yes uh first major shakeup after the super bowl um the houston texans today have released jj watt um Dan, I'm gonna let you speak on this first. Tell me your thoughts about this before I go into my feelings on this. I got like four legitimate points on this. One, this is the the simplest one, and I think we all know this. Houston is in shambles and has to rebuild in some way, either reshape, retool, rebuild. They're not in great. Uh, they're not playoff attention, to say the least. Two, J.J. Watt was owed $17 million this year. The Houston Texans are $17 million over the salary cap. Well, that not as of today, but... Three, with the release or mutual release or cut, however you want to term it, of J.J. Watt, the Houston Texans take a $0 million cap hit total on the year. So they can go back to completely even on the salary cap and puts their number, my number four point, back into massive. They now have significantly better negotiating terms with Sean Watson and possible suitors. They have things they can do. They have other players they can move around and move money around and see they can make a legitimate deal work or somehow as they ultimately want to want to do keep hold of him that is that all you got to say right now i guess I be- that's all i believe there was a tweet you wanted to bring up i don't know if you wanted to make your point on that first oh sure uh, I, pro I, football I can... talk tweeted um and this was the tweet basically deshaun watson asked for trade so team can get uh what's what's the word uh benefits basically bring in assets for him they say no jj watt asked for release immediately granted yeah which is asinine obviously there's the thought process of that tweet because as the thing everything i've just brought up they, they are completely different situations J.J. Watt, one, wants to be out, wants to go do something else, wants to go win a championship because he knows Houston isn't contending. He makes no dead cap hit for the Texans if getting rid of him. I mean, and Watson is what? Is is Watson a top seven player in the NFL for you, Chuck? At his position? Seven total. I don't know. 
He's top seven quarterback for sure, but I don't oh, know about I know, I know that. Because I could throw in Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I could throw in, um, I mean, for my money, I'd throw in Quentin Nelson, to be fair. No, um, I, I love it. But I, uh, think, I think Watson might be a top, like, three quarterback. Mahomes and, uh, Mahomes and Rodgers have been the only two I'd take over Watson, personally. I mean, we just talked about him, but Brady might be might be in that conversation as well. Um, but yeah, one, one year, one year ish. Sure, maybe, but uh, that's just kind of where I value that player. You know, yeah, he might be top seven, but you know, it depends. Because I might also throw like. Devontae, you know, it's it's hard. You're co- comparing apples to oranges is very difficult sometimes. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. It's just like the old. But anyways, I love the old Madden concept of uh, making a fantasy draft, and you you have all the all the choices thrown in front of you. Where yeah. where do you go? How do you do it? But uh, go I ahead. Oh, sucked when I did that. Did you have anything else? As far as just. J.J. Watt being released, I mean, I want him to join the, the, the tree over the Watt brothers in Pittsburgh. I have no problem with that as long as you don't have to pay him $10 million or anything like that. Like, three or four would be great. All right. Uh, I'm going to begin this conversation by saying, or this, my statement by saying this. There have been a lot of, there are a lot of terrible sports organizations. For varying reasons. The Houston Texans might be the cream of the crop. <laughs> in terms of incompetence. It's, it's, it's almost astounding. How incompetent they are as an organization. They really are. I mean. J.J. Watt. Is the latest blunder to me. In a series of blunders that they have made. Not just this season, but since they became a franchise. I mean, putting their hope in Matt Schaub or David Carr, not not great moves. Taking Mario Williams, number one overall, not a great move. Um, making Bill O'Brien both head coach and GM, not a great move. Some of their executive personnel, who you probably already know about. Not great moves. Having an owner who seems to think that he knows more about football than the people who've worked their entire lives in football. Not good. Not good at all. So, and listen, do I think there are worse owners? Yes, Daniel Snyder is an owner. He is (laughs) terrible. Um... James Dolan. <laughs> James Dolan is an owner. He is a terrible owner of the Knicks. Rangers, I, they've seen to have success in the NHL. They're a power. They're one of the original six, so whatever. They can, they, I'm not that into hockey, so I leave that to those who know. But in, in basketball, the Knicks, terrible. Mm-hmm. So there are other organizations, you know. But just top to bottom, the Texans have been terrible for years. And within this terrible organization, there was a bright light. It was J.J. Watt, Walter Payton Man of the Year winner after raising 
millions of dollars for the city of Houston during the terrible flooding that happened uh, several years ago. I mean, just an overall amazing guy. Like, I'm a Colts fan. He is a rival, but I have nothing but love for J.J. Love for J.J. Watt. Not even just respect. He is a good guy. I don't hate him at all. And for them to just release him, for it to get to this point, when it didn't have to, at the beginning of this year, of this season, I think the Houston Texans were the favorite to win the division. If I, if I, I, I have to go back and look, but they were at least the favorite to make a playoffs between them and the Titans. I'm sure the Colts were in there, but if you were coming into the season, you probably thought Titans, Texans, Colts, with the Colts kind of right below with both of them, is what the popular consensus was. And Maybe. It, I mean, the after making the AFC Championship run the Tech Titans did last year, I thought they were definitely going to at least make the playoffs this year. I knew Phillip Rivers was going to be good, but I also knew he had issues. So, like, he was just an unknown. Oh, I agree. I think the Texans are the, the low, low man on totem pole. Because of Hopkins. In, the, as far as preseason. Yeah, but... The, but I'm saying coming into the season, even without Hopkins, no, I, think, I looked I at think their offense. Of I mean, I don't know. I, I felt that as a big issue. I, I just came in thinking, I, I did not think the Texans were going to make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be eight and eight. I thought they'd be nine and seven. Oh uh, yeah. Eight, yeah. Eight, yeah. Yeah. Sure. The collapse of this year has just been awful. I mean, yeah, it was straight just, up awful. Even with Watson playing very well. His best year. Watson had his best year in terms of yards, in terms of touchdowns, I believe. I mean, just. Well, Fuller until he, you know, yeah. he beat himself out of the universe. Yeah. Uh, was fantastic. This move just, it's just, it's mind boggling to me because I get that they're saving money. but. Like, I saw a tweet that said for the 2021 season, the Texans are not allowing fans into, are not having fans in the stadium. Not for safety purposes, just other reasons. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I, I think that's a joke. I hope that's a joke. It's that's, a joke, yeah. but it's a very well earned one. If you're, is, I don't is. understand how you're a Houston Texans fans at this point. Like, so we have to, I have to interject, Chuck. So you are against the move. Yeah. I am. I am very much for the move. If you're saying they're going to save money to help make a Deshaun Watson trade possible, then they are because they have stated that they are not going to trade Deshaun Watson. They are committed to Deshaun Watson. Well, boy, they better put their money where their mouth is because he seems hell bent not to play for them. So. I don't know what magic sleeve they think they're going to come up with to make him want to play for them. It doesn't seem to be happening. I think that you're going to have to put put their foot in the ground and and say you're you know this is we just because they just paid them he just they just paid him so much money guaranteed money all of this and he will have to give back what he doesn't if they just hang on to him and say. Is what it is. And he sits out or whatever. They start paying. He starts paying them back. 
every game sits out, practice sits out, everything like that. They have they have some negotiating stance that they can lean on. I just think it's dumb to get rid of what has been the franchise player of your team for the past decade to save money. And listen, I say this from personal experience. I watched our team cut Peyton Manning, all right? It's one of the most painful days of my entire life in terms of sports. I mean, and they they did it because they had the opportunity to the reason they did it, at least then I understood what was happening. You had the number one overall pick. You were taking a generational quarterback who, if we had a decent offensive line, would have remained. You would still have, yeah. But that's why uh, Ryan Grigson will go down to me as the worst GM in NFL history because he's an idiot. He drafted, I mean, I mean, Philip Dorsett drafted in the first round might be one of the biggest busts of of our modern times. I mean, in the past, we we don't have to, we don't have to send you down your Grigson rabbit hole, Chuck. But anyway, I, mean, I know where that goes. I know where that goes. And yes, we don't need to go there. But but like it made sense. You were doing it because you had another person lined up. Yes. The person who would have taken the mantle from J.J. Watt in terms of face of the franchise doesn't want to play your for your franchise. You are you are putting your you are making it. You are. It's just so. If you are a young player, if you are a player who wants to make a, to be a great player, why would you ever go to Houston to me at this point? Why, why you, you are, you are asking for players to come there just to earn a paycheck. You are not trying to compete for a championship in the next 10 years. I, 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 the only thing I have to say about that is what is like, they're mutually agreeing to some degree for sure. What, you know, he, was putting out his own video even before the press release. You know, he knew it was coming. They were preparing for it. He's moving on to try to go chase a championship, which is what players are doing now. And he's built a, you know, a following in Houston. I don't think, I think other players could not, maybe not elite quarterbacks. You know, he's not going to, there's not, they're not a quarterback draw or anything like that, but someone else that could build a, you know, a linebacker or a wide receiver, you know, so, that can gain Houston's following. Houston's a huge city. You know, it's a it's a big following. You but it's have. in a state that's dominated by another team. Not dominated. I mean, come on. It's fairly dominant. Not the not the section of Houston. Texas Texas is gigantic as far as people and I mean Houston has more people than Dallas, man. Like a, a way more. And I was also good. They, they're probably third behind the freaking Texas Longhorns. Well, they get to share a fan. You can be a Texans fan and a Texas fan. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I don't. It's going to take a miracle for them to be good in the next five years. If they get rid of Watson, which they're going to try to not do as much as they can. But we'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as possible landing spots, Pittsburgh, to me, uh, got to be the odds on favorite at this point. Um, I saw Green Bay is another favorite. He's uh, I, don't, I I don't know if they're from Wisconsin, but I know he, he obviously went there, and so did his brother. Yeah, they're from up north, of course. Yeah, of some kind. I mean, you can pick any odds on favorite. He, the, I the, believe, the six best teams in in the NFL. He may outside also, of the Steelers. 
he may you... also have some connections in Green Bay as far as coaching that I'm not sure about. Um, mm, okay. Um, the other possible spots I saw just floating around Tampa Bay. Right. Um, Kansas City. And then, of course, Colts and Titans. That's what I'm saying. The, the best possible teams that could potentially use him to make a run. Yeah, and the Colts of could, course. Yeah, Colts could use it. We need some a, a pass rusher, especially for letting Justin Houston go. But um, we'll see. Um, he's gonna be. I mean, he will be useful on a team yeah. for sure. Yeah. Alrighty, Dan. I believe you have a game now as we transition out of football. I'm sure football talk won't go away for this podcast, but you know. Not with the new NFL, man. We're gonna have stuff to talk about and yeah, Carson Wentz and all kinds. Of, yeah, Carson Wentz supposedly gonna be traded within the week, days. Yet to Bears. see it happen, but we'll is see. It the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, or the Colts. Oh, which is oh no, I didn't want to say it, but oh no. Anyways, what's this game you got? I heard that Carson. Thanks. Um. Okay, it, it's just it's just a general question trivia game for the end of the season completely with fantasy going by the wayside for football until the new to the new year in September. So just some uh, career fantasy history fantasy questions. Only three today. Nothing crazy. Number one. Most fantasy points in one game. PPR scoring. Who is it? Is it Calvin Johnson? It is not Calvin Johnson. I believe he has number three when I was looking earlier today. Is it Tyreek Hill? No. If you're talking this year, I think he's number like four or five or something like that. Because he, he had like 50-something, right? Because the, yeah. the, the Yeah. Yeah. The, no. Number one is number one for sure. Julio Jones. Who is it? It is Jamal Charles. In 2015, he had 59.1 points. In standard scoring, or in PPR standard, though. Yes, in in, in PPR scoring. Just bananas. Um, Number two. Most fantasy points... In the season, PPR. This has got to be Calvin Johnson. It is not Calvin Johnson. And when you hear it, you will understand. Is Give it one more guess. Um, Le'Veon Bell? No, he was actually number two. It is Ladainley and Tomlinson. And when I say number two, for the Le'Veon Bell, he's number two person. LT had it. He's number one and two. And then, and then it's Bell. Okay. Uh, most career fantasy points, PPR, regular season, not including playoffs. Wasn't it all regular season? Cause... Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, just making that clarification. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, All-time PPR. Um, and it's not anyone we've talked about already? 
He's not. Um, Larry Fitzgerald? No, it is not Larry Fitzgerald. Give you one more. Uh, it is is not that position. Number two is that position. Um, let's go with trying to think of some a running back then who make or makes catches. Uh, who's been in the league a long time who we haven't talked about already. Um, how about Chris? No. Um, I don't know. Who? It's Tom Brady. He just passed Jerry Rice on December 6th, 2020. Just, it's like week 15 or 16 of this year became the the go-to fantasy as well. Gotcha. All righty. Is that it? That is it. All righty. Now we're going to talk about a very special subject, W basketball. Uh, Got a big win over Texas Tech this past weekend. Or last, uh, this week, I should say. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, Chris Beard had some thoughts on the refereeing at the end of the game, uh, but gave a respectful fist bump to Bob Huggins. Always love to see a sportsmanship. Yeah. And that's... Then before uh, W went on to win 82 to 71. Um, and this week we play Oklahoma. And Dan, uh, what are your thoughts going into the game? If we keep, I don't know whether Sherman is going to play. He sat out against Texas Tech. Um, but either way, if we shoot, continue to shoot the way we've been playing for the last couple of games, we are deadly. With, with Colvin inside, he needs to stay out of foul trouble, which is probably his number one problem at the moment. Um, have you been able to watch much of the last game, Chuck? Because I wanted to. Sc- Wanted to a little uh, discuss what you think about the guard play. Um, I was able to watch the Texas Tech game. Um, okay. What was the game before that? The uh, Kansas. I wasn't. I wasn't able to watch that game. I was asleep. I believe. Okay. I no. Sure. I, either way. Um, Kennedy. He's he's scaring me a little bit. Uh He's a little haphazard, and he and Ocean Point are just haphazard and can't control themselves on offense at all. And the way we've kind of changed our team, the dynamic of our team has changed to where we are offensive-based and trying to make the game kind of speed up a little bit and and get shots. And they slow us down immensely. But we still look i mean we still look great and as long as we make shots and make stuff happen i'm just worried we get beat off the dribble way too easily i mean the uh bridges and mcneil and mccabe and sherman all get beat off the 
mean, even Matthews a little bit. They get beat off the dribble by anyone that really knows what they're doing. As in, like, any almost anybody on Baylor will exploit that against us. Luckily, we don't have to play Baylor for a while now that the games have been postponed due to COVID. Don't know when they will be rescheduled. I do not. But you almost want to. You almost want to play them to see, just to you know, get your bearings straight against them. See what you got to do. Figure it out. Yep. Um, so right now, uh, we're playing Oklahoma at home. We're favored by what? Three and a half, you said? Yes. So on a neutral court, what does that put us up by half? No, it's not, like, it's not like that in college. No, no, no. Okay, it's, I wasn't sure if it was the same in basketball or not. No, um, it, it, college basketball might be like, it might be half a point, point depending on like where you are and who you're playing. So I would say a, a, a point, uh, fans, point, maybe with no fans, it's like half point. So. Well, with W, we seem to play so much better at home in general. I think it's the same here. I think we beat Oklahoma at home. Yeah, we should have beat them last time. Yeah, it's close, but I think we win. Yeah, but this is good because I, I was, I did not think we would win at Texas Tech. I did not, and we did fairly handily, which makes me think this is like a little letdown game because we thought we were getting ready for Baylor, and you know, all the grind was in front of us and. It's no longer in front of us. I don't think you, it's a letdown game when you've got a, the number 12 team in the country coming to your house. That's not someone you look past. So even when you're playing Baylor, it's this is this. I don't think this is ever going to be a letdown game. So I think they're ready. I think we beat I think we beat Oklahoma. I'm, I wouldn't take that spread, but I, I feel like. Yeah. I don't Three like and a half feels like a lot, doesn't it? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, this, this feels... feels like bad beat written all over it. Yep. Which, as long as we win, I'm okay with. Yeah. The old down down by four three, with no set no time left by Oklahoma. That's what I'm hoping for right there. Yep. Alrighty, any more college basketball talk before we move on to the final subject? Not outside of just the fact that COVID is going to cause a problem. It is going to cause an issue for the tournament with some during the conference tournaments, something. And what someone's going to get someone's going to get screwed. Yeah, what they need to do is just have a two week quarantine between the end of the ter- conference tournaments and the start of March Madness, and they. They're all going to play in Indianapolis, and that's what they should do. They should just and just put and just push them like the tournament two weeks, and just make everybody wait two weeks. Make a bubble. Yep, that's what they should do. Uh, it would it would make sense. It would be already... weird. It would, see, it would it would change what the tournament is though, because everybody would be preparing and you know changing everything and seeing their bracket and doing all those things, but you don't have time to do. In normal circumstances, which I'm okay with, good like different NBA championship we just had, but it would be different, you know. 
it would, but I mean, you got to take safety into into context or safety precautions. Eh, I could speak tonight. Yeah. To uh, so that's what I would do. It no, just makes yeah, the most sense to me. And they're already taking classes online at college anyway, so they you know, you know, that's oh. That is what I want as well. I just don't know if they'll do it based on. Yeah, the conference money. tournaments. <laughs> the conference tournaments are going to be. We'll Worse. see how that goes because that, yeah. you know. Anyway, that's what I'm scared of. I think once they get into the like the setup they have for the tournament, they'll be fine. But they got to get there. And our last subject, as we head into the the end of this episode. Uh, Baseball season is almost upon us. Pitchers and catchers report in about a week or so, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, we can have some of that. There's only been two really major offseason tr- moves so far, two trades of note. I'm going to start the one that is most personal to Dan as a disgusting, yeah. <laughs> okay. like, ir- ugh, just, ugh. Red Sox fan. Uh, they have traded longtime outfielder Andrew Benatendi in a three-team trade involving the Mets and the Royals. The Red Sox have received outfielder French Franchi Cordero, pitcher Josh Winchowski, and three players to be named, two from the Royals. The Royals receive Andrew Benatendi. The Mets received Khalil Lee. Outfielders. Dan Benatendi, 26 year old, yeah, been on that, the Red Sox for what? Six, four, past, five? I mean, he's been regularly called up for at least the past four seasons, I believe. Yeah, I say four, four, five is what I have in my head of, of when. Uh, he thought he felt like a, a 12, 15 year player for sure. He, he can do, I don't want to say it all. You know, but he can do most of it consistently and some of it all the time. You know, he can hit for power when he needs to. He hits her average. He is a great left fielder. Although, I guess he's been a a a, a monster man. <laughs> That's my new uh, name for left fielders in Boston, monster men. Um, that have to deal with how to figure that out. But uh, I know he's played center, so he, he's he's done both. But uh. Losing him makes me not know where we are going because he felt like a staple, which makes me wonder what's next for the Red Sox. Like, where would you go, Chuck? Like, wh- who are our staples now? Like, I don't even know who who Bogarts. Boom. That's Jackie Bradley Jr. too. I guess, but <sighs> yikes. That feels like a bad investment. You guys are going to struggle for a while. That's for yeah. sure. I don't. We're selling the farm, or I don't. I don't. I guess we we bought 2018. That's what it really feels like right now. We bought 2018. Yeah, and uh, you're outside your um, starting pitchers. Which I I mean, 
Chris Sale, Eduardo. Eduardo, we overpaid uh, Eduardo after. Oh no, not Eduardo. Oh, Eovaldi. Oh, yeah. after the championship series, which was a bad, a bad play, completely. And Eduardo seems like a, a good player and a prospect in going forward. He can't stay healthy, and I know it's uh, great to have a nice lefty. We also have Sale to lefty, and Sale also was completely disappointing during the championship run, and doesn't even feel. I, I, I don't feel great about where we're going, Chuck. Well, as a Yankees fan, that makes me feel great. But yay, we guys are poised. I mean, you guys are ready to go again. Yeah, but I mean, losing Tanaka, who's mm-hmm. been up and down, yeah, and uh, gaining Corey Kluber. So we'll see if we can get the best out of him. Um, you think Kluber's done? Like, I don't mean like done, done, but done as the Kluber we had once known. I don't think he's going to be an ace anymore, yeah. but he could be a number three guy in our lineup. Like oh, number Luis, Sever- guy, for sure. Luis Severino comes back healthy mm-hmm. with Garrett Cole one, Severino two, Kluber three. That's my guess this year. Flip flop those two. Uh, I I think Kluber's going to end up at three. No, no, uh, I meant Severino and uh, Cole. Cole. Oh, I no, I don't think so. I I think Cole's. I think Severino's going to take a lot of time. I think Severino might. He might come into the playoffs as the best pitcher in our rotation, but he's going to be number two because of of rhythm. I'd rather, you know what I mean? I just, rotationally wise, hundred percent. I'm more. I guess I'm more talking because there's the old baseball thing. There's the one, and then there's the ace. I think by the end of the year, Sav's the ace. Cole's the one. Sav's the ace. And Domingo Herman also. Has to come back. Is coming back at some point. He doesn't get to jump in. He 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 got. Come on. Prove it. Come on. Yankees fans super excited about Jimmy Armand. That's a little much, Chuck. I mean, we'll just see. There's there's nothing's guaranteed. That's for sure. Um. But yeah. Uh, the only other major trade happening in the offseason, uh, the Rockies trading Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. to the Cardinals for a bunch of prospects. Um, and money. They sent Nolan Arenado in about $51 million. Yeah, I mean, everybody feels like this is... Is, it, is this the fleece it looks like, Chuck? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it looks like it to me, boy. When I, Unless, I wrote like, down five game, five names I've never heard of, and can't even really find. Like I don't know these people. Yep. And he's gonna be on uh, on a team with Paul Goldschmidt, Mike Malak, and Mike McCullough in the lineup. Um. Is that is that your three four five? That's a deadly three four five. I mean, right? That that feels. And ya- they re-signed Yadier to come back. I know Aaron Arenado. You can put kind of wherever you need to. He could hit two or whatever if you wanted him to. But I would. He's a perfect three hitter. Yeah, Cardinals just got a lot better. They are a lot better. Are they um, the favorite in the NL now? 
Oh, uh, no, no. It's still the Dodgers. Number two, number two, number two. My bad. Dodgers I forgot about. Just, just I forgot Bauer. about Trevor Bauer. I forgot about Trevor Bauer. Wow. That's stupid ass Trevor. I mean, yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, is that unfair? Are they? What do you think the Vegas odds on them will come out to win? They've got to be out already. I'll see if I can. They. Um. Because they've already got um, Vegas odds to win March Madness. So they've got to have Vegas odds, MLB Futures, to win the World Series. Um, Plus, Dodgers are the the favorite. They're plus 450 right now. 450. MGM has them 400, and another one has them 435. Okay. Okay. I'm a little, I guess I'm a little bit more bullish than even Vegas, but what's next? I can't even imagine anything plus Yankees. like 900 plus 650. Oh, 650. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and oh. 650, the four, I've got four odds lined up 650, 550, 600, 550. So the Yankees will have a little bit more, okay, push than I was, I was expecting. I thought the Dodgers would kind of be. Running away with that with that lead, I guess because it's the ALN out. There's got to be there's got to be someone in the World Series playing against the Dodgers, no matter what, that has a chance to beat them in seven games. So if the Yankees are the favorite, which I would put them at the favorite in the AL, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, and like as far as odds to win the. Uh, Next, by the way, according to the San Diego Padres, um, also has plus six fifty plus eight. They got plus they got Snell. Did yeah. Blake Snell mean that much to the to the to the odds? I guess. Yeah, I mean they did. They made a little run in the playoffs last year, didn't they? They did. Yeah, and they have a they have Machado is maybe like their staple if he's going to step up. And, then and their Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes, the the new superstar. Can yep. you keep that up though? Is he is he brand new or is he here to stay? I think he's here to stay, but we'll I see. I think he is too. I think he is too. I'm just you know stirring the pot. Uh, they also have Mike uh, Clevenger. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot about him. Not sorry, to, sorry to Mike Clevenger. And Will Myers and Tommy Pham and Eric Cosmer. And you, Darvish. Oh, they signed you, Darvish, as well. Is he Cubs before? Well, I know. Yeah, oh no, yeah, and Rangers before. I know. Yeah, I know you know. Is he a three or a four now? Though, is he? He's a three. The thing I'm looking at projects him as one. Projects him one. Denelson Lamet two. Blake Snell three. Joe Musgrove four. Chris Paddock five. Adrian Morhan six. Darvish over Snell. Snell at three. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then next one is the White Sox. But we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't see. I haven't seen if these have odds have updated for the Cardinals. But, I mean, they're definitely, they've got to be the favorites to win the NL Central. Oh, Hundred percent. I mean, I guess the the Cubs would be next. Cubs, but. yeah. 
I'm I'm going to bet the Cardinals for that. I might I might throw a bet on every division this year. Try to figure out just early futures. You know, ten bucks. Boom, 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 boom. Done. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But uh, you know, we're moving forward. We're going to be talking a little less football just because there's going to be less news. I'm sure. We'll see how the offseason unfolds. Free agency starts in March. So it starts on St. Patrick's Day, which is just Wild. interesting. Wild, <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's be, gonna be plenty of there's gonna be plenty of stuff that's gonna go down. There'll be news, but from now on we'll be talking more basketball, mm-hmm. little baseball that gets started, and whatever else comes up. I'm gonna be doing a lot of daily fantasy golf lineups. Got one going right. Got one going right now. Um, no top ten players at this week's tournament, which is, I believe, the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Uh, you good at fantasy golf, Chuck? I'm actually pretty good, although my lineup is not doing too hot right now. Only had one player miss the cut, which is more than everyone else that I'm playing against right now in my little group, but. All, and all my guys, except for one, are top 40. The guy who missed the cut's plus five. That's not good. Uh, no James boy. James Hahn. <laughs> well. But I've got Jim Furyk, all reliable. And uh, he's at minus four, for so tied 25th. Um, two people tied minus 15. Pat and Kazir and Cameron Triangle, they're at minus five. So there's 10 people tied at minus five. Mm-hmm. I've got Brian Harmon at minus three, tied 37. And then this guy, Will Zalatoris, who's been cooking recently, minus one. He's tied 60. So. I don't know how well he's going to do. But he's, he's a little, he's a little, a lot he's of, a little out skis, but. but a lot of room to climb is what I'm saying, which is great because Saturday is climbing day. That's the oh, day he, to get, get themselves into positions. You see, oh, yeah. you got the, the, the round is half over and there are plenty of tied people. This is far from over. And everyone else that I'm playing with has two people who have missed the cut. Oh, uh, it's true. You keep, that's true. You keep, you just keep, you keep living. The problem is, Jordan Spieth is in the lead with minus 12. Yeah, he's yeah cooking. I saw that. But like I said, there's a lot of room to jump. So hopefully they can do it. They're going to win. Just got to win money. Right. That's all I need. All righty, y'all. Good luck with your future lineups. I'm sure we'll be talking about more daily lineups in the future. Uh, anything else, Dan? No, 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 yeah, we need to start putting some uh, some fantasy lineups together for daily and all stuff like that. But uh, everybody, for me, get ready for March Madness. That's this is where we get ready. That's true. That's this is where this we is learn where, and get ready. We're approaching that time. All righty, y'all. Good luck.